What's happening and welcome to another Crossroads Connect podcast. Here we discuss everything from current Crossroad events to trending topics to how we can reconcile God's truth with the real world we live in. Hey, what's going on? This is Pastor Jared. I'm sitting here with Pastor Matt with Special episode 11 today. We, we made it to 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. And as promised, I brought you a Chick-fil-A you did. milkshake today to celebrate double and digits. And then some. You got me all of lunch. And this, man, it's so good. It is. It is amazing. And uh, we are celebrating. We are cranking away on these things. And what makes one, this one special, too, is that we just recorded last week, and we're only a week in and we're doing another one and so we've never done one this quick back-to-back before yeah typically we do two weeks and that's what we'll do in the future but in light of what happened this weekend at crossroads with the vision and all of that we thought it would be good for us to kind of recap this last weekend and talk a little bit more in depth absolutely so uh what matt's referring to is on sunday he he started the dream big series where he's really casting the vision of where we're going as a church into the future. And so we're going to we're going to jump into that some today and we're going to talk about what what does that look like? How does that affect us? How does that affect the staff at Cross and Crossroads and things along those lines, you know? All the nuts and bolts that you guys have all just been sitting on the edge of your seat waiting to hear. We're going to talk about those things today. But getting started, I was thinking uh, as you posed this question, and I I was just thinking about when I was a kid, uh, what were my dreams? And what did I think I was going to be when I got older? And so I'm going to pass that over to you. And I'm just curious, uh, enter back into six-year-old Matt, and what was Matt's big dream? Yeah. so Little Matty. Yeah, for me, I had like two big dreams. Um, one, my first big dream was to be a uh, Air Force pilot. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to fly F-16s. That was, like, my big dream. Top Gun probably had a lot to do with mm-hmm. that when I was a kid. Which is, it should. Yeah, it's still huge uh-huh. in my life. Still my favorite movie. Uh, but when it came to uh, that dream, I wanted to do that. And then we moved to Colorado here and had the opportunity to go visit the Air Force Academy down in Colorado Springs. And I was talking to a cadet as a little kid, and he totally crushed my dreams because I'm actually colorblind. I'm blue-green mm. colorblind, and you can't be colorblind and be a pilot in the military. Something about shooting at the wrong planes, you know? That's fair. And so, yeah, that dream... Shoot at the blue ones, Matt. That's right. It, it came to a crashing halt Bummer. of that one. And so then I switched over because for some reason my parents let me watch the movie Backdraft. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it was appropriate for me to watch at the age that I watched it, but I was able to watch it. Different and times back then. That yeah. is it. it different and, times. and loved it. And so my uh, grandfather had bought me a telescope when I was a kid, and I turned that into like a fire hose, right? Nice. And we would mm-hmm. come around, and I would kick open doors in my house, and I would spray down the, the room that was full of fire and it would backdraft every time. Yeah. But those were my those were my two big dreams as a firefighter fires. and and a pilot. That's awesome. Neither of them came to reality. That's stupid. <laughs> hey, I was going to I was going to shift it into some sort of metaphorical, you know, pastoring story but we're just going to call a spade a spade. You didn't, you didn't, you I didn't, didn't make it. Yeah. La- later on, it was <laughs> later on being an engineer and God had different plans mm-hmm. even in that space. And for sure. And so, yeah, when I was in elementary school, you remember Mike Nelson, the the weatherman? Yes. Yeah, so Mike Nelson came to our school. I, I must have been in, like, first grade. And uh, he came, and at that point, he was working for Nine News. And the, 
Of all the things I remember, I remember that he show, he was wearing his nine news button, and he said that one time he accidentally wore it upside down, and it was a six, and then he got in real big trouble because uh, <laughs> they were nine news, not channel six news, and he wore his button upside down. Of, of all the stories, that's the one I remember. That's, the one you that's, got, huh? that's weird that that's the one that I remember. But from then on, uh, for a while, I wanted to be a meteorologist, and that okay. was kind of my big dream. I think part of it was remember we talked about my fear of storms, yes. And so I think I just wanted to understand them, so uh, I would know how to stay away from danger. Um, and so that went into my my season of watching the Weather Channel in the basement. You know, um, every time that there is a storm, I was a sad, yeah, sad kid. But kid. you know, um, kind of funny along those lines. My sixth grade year, I I thought I maybe wanted to be a meteorologist. Mm -hmm. And so there was a guy, I went to Crossroads when I was a kid. And so I was in the sixth grade here at Crossroads and there was a guy here uh, at Crossroads that was a meteorologist, his name was Todd. And you know the thing that they do in school where it's like take your kid to, to work day? Well, mm -hmm. I talked him into taking me to school yes. for, uh, for work. And so uh, I went to uh, his place, his meteorology place out somewhere in Eastern Colorado. And then we actually went to well, one of the newscasts, wherever Ed Green was at. I don't remember where Ed Green... I don't know. Anyways, we went to that, and we sat in the live broadcast, and then Ed Green, afterwards, we had a conversation and all that, and that was pretty cool. And then the green screen. It was the first time I'd ever seen mm -hmm. a green screen. And so I was wearing, like, a green shirt that day, and my torso, like, totally disappeared. And I was like, this is the coolest job ever. Totally. Absolutely. We all have dreams, right? And, and that's part of... Uh, I think our humanity is that we see the situation that we're in and we always want to continue to grow and to continue to move forward. And so as a church, that's where we are. And so when we talk about vision, I think a lot of times uh, people can misconstrue that and start to feel like, oh, well, you're saying everything that we've been up to this point has been wrong or has been bad. And that's absolutely not true at all. Really, uh, we're grateful for everything that God has done through Crossroads. And now he's just taking us to that next step of, of what's next. How do we continue to bring Jesus and the reality of who Jesus is to the world around us and to our culture? And so, uh, Matt, maybe you can just dive into that just a little bit about uh, this this dream big uh, idea that, that you've presented uh, to really all of us as a church uh, and, and just maybe dive into so, some more details on that. Yeah, so I think that as I said on Sunday, part of my sermon, that I think that the language of God is dreams and visions. And we have the famous Proverbs in Proverbs 29 that says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And one day, I hope, actually, that I'll be able to preach a sermon. And I'm in charge, so I guess one day I will preach a sermon. Whenever you want, man. Yeah, on really kind of the individual, how that works out very much in an individual way in our lives and the dreams and the visions that God gives us for us to live out our lives. And while that happens at an individual level, it also happens, I think, at a church level that when it comes to churches that God gives... Uh, churches dreams and visions to run after and we see it uh, throughout the scriptures of, of the way that that happened and so I think that it's totally appropriate and even expected of us to approach God regularly and go God what what's the dream what's the vision that you have for us as a church like we don't want to perish and again that perishing in the Proverbs is not like a uh, an eternal death of being buried into the ground it's the death of perish. hope. Yeah, it's the death of hope. It's the death of aspirations um, in more individual terms, right? If you don't have like a vision for your marriage, uh, your marriage will soon die. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, you can almost grow into... Em uh, ap apathy? Apathy. Yes. I was going to say empathy, and that is totally <laughs> not the right word. Apathy. Yeah, it, it becomes totally. apathetic. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And so um, really over the course of... Uh, 
the last year or so, particularly as I step into the senior pastor role and looking at what God's calling me to be as a leader and a leader of this church, going, God, what is the big dream that you have for Crossroads? Not Matt Manning's dream, uh, but what is the dream that you have for this church? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've been a part of all of the conversation that in November we uh, hired a firm to help us kind of figure out what that looks like, how to discern that. And we yeah, walked a consulting through that. Firm. Yeah, a consulting firm. Mm -hmm. And so we've walked down that uh, really for the last 10 months of going down that and just really pursuing and going, God, what does what does that look like? What what are you calling us to be? What's the dream? What's the vision? What's the revelation for us? And having moved through all of that from uh, doing some hard soul searching to actually discovering what it is that God has for us through a really cool way that we did that as a as a leadership team to then starting to organize around from a staffing and even ministry perspective. These last 10 months have been huge and wild mm -hmm. in the same way as we've seen what God has for us, realized where we're at, and then uh, excited for where we're going yeah, in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I loved that on Sunday you used the, the NASA story of, uh, you know, Kennedy talking about, hey, we're going to the moon. And then the, they had these three different areas of, of things that if we're going to make this thing happen, this these are the things that we got to take care of. Uh, what were the three? They were? Navigation. Navigation. Propulsion. Uh -huh. And life support. Yes. And in order to make it to the moon, these things have to happen. And so uh, as we... Uh, we've you've presented this vision, and, and uh, a lot of our, our our leadership here at Crossroads have have been a part of that process. And in order to accomplish this dream big vision, we've had to shift a few things in order to 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 accomplish those goals. Just like they had to determine, hey, here are the areas that we we need to focus on in order to make this happen. Uh, we've done that as well. And so maybe you can talk about just our staffing structure and, and, and some of the, the ways that uh, we've changed uh, our approach as well in order to accomplish this vision. Yeah, so when we look at the dream and the vision that God's given us, we've really kind of outlined five goals. Like NASA said, these are the three things that get us to the moon. We've said these are the five things that are going to help us become a church that is multi-ethnic, multi-generational, focused on making disciples of the next generation, specifically our kids and our grandkids. And so those five things for us is that we want to reach 5,000 people uh, through neighboring efforts, something that we call 4D. Uh, we want to connect 10,000 people digitally. We talked about that last week on the podcast and your role in that. Uh, we want to uh, lead 1,500 people to salvation. I mean, that's the touchdown line for us, is to mm -hmm. see people come to Jesus and find freedom in that and purpose and healing in their lives. And then ultimately, uh, every single person who's a follower of Jesus that calls Crossroads home, we want to engage them in a discipleship path that leads to life, right? And leads to them having the confidence to lead other people uh, mm -hmm. in, into, in life and into Christ. And then ultimately, as a church, as a big body, we want to launch a couple new churches and see God's kingdom continue to be impacted through the local church. And so those are kind of the five big things that if we really do want to become multi-ethnic, multi-generational, reaching the next generation, that uh, those are the five things that we decided that we really need to focus on. And so obviously, there's been several changes already that have begun to take place, which I believe is what you're getting at with your question is the first thing that we looked at is really when it comes to our multi-site model, actually. And we sat back and we said, uh, when it comes to this multi-site thing uh, that we do typically, or the way that we've operated, is that we're really one church with three campuses. And those campuses function pretty independently of each other. And they each have their own staff. They each have their own ministries that they do, uh, so on and so forth. And that there's a few things that wrap us up 
back to the bigger church, but for the most part, those are independent churches. And one of the big strategic changes that we decided that we needed to make was to stop thinking of ourselves as one church at several, uh, with several campuses or a multi-site model, but really to go, we're just one church with different venues, different locations. And so there is no more like Thornton Campus and North Glen Campus and Fort Lupton Campus. There's Crossroads Church, and we have different locations, but in each one of those locations, that they're all doing the same thing, pulling the same way, uh, with the same staff. And so there is no more like a Fort Lupton staff, right? There's, there's just crossroads staff in this space and, and really moving forward as one. And so that was the first really big shift that we had to think through. And then we started to think through, uh, well, what does that look like for our staff? And while we could talk, or I could talk probably hours about this, the quick thing of it is, is looking at it and going, um, what does like the senior level of leadership at Crossroads look like when it comes to the staff? And so what we formed was a directional team and we rewrote job descriptions. And so we asked Angie, who was our family director, to really become like the CEO, the executive officer here at Crossroads Church. And so uh, she sits right under me on the org chart, and her role is to make sure that- That's short for organizational chart. Organizational chart, yep. there you go, yep, yep, you're good job. So for a long time, just, I'd heard org chart and automatically went to Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes. Every time I see an orc, every time we see orc chart, because it sounds like you're saying orc chart. There. Uh, and I'm like, what in the world is an orc chart? Sorry. There Derailed. You Bring it back. There, yes. there so, you go. Yeah. Executive, yes, yes, you have. Good commercial Matt, break. Yeah, yep. Now that we're back, thank you for sticking with us. Go ahead, Matt. Yes. Continue. <laughs> so when it comes to Angie's role as the executive officer, really her role is to go, how do we take this vision and make it real? in life? What, does, what are the things that we need to execute when it comes to those five goals to make it happen? And then under her uh, is really six people. And so we've asked Pastor Bruce to uh, be head of operations. And so think finances and all of that kind of stuff, Communication. communications, um, all of those things in, that sit there that are absolutely essential for the operation of the church, kind of really the backbone mm -hmm. of the church. And then uh, we get to outreach, which we've asked Pastor Trevor to lead the outreach initiative, which will be 4D. It's missions. It's the things that we do in our cities that we have our local partners with. Then the pastor of innovation is kind of the next step. That's you, uh, where we've asked you really to engage the digital world. And what does it look like to engage everything from our crossroads live to social media, so on and so forth. Then we have worship services, which we've asked Pastor Tim to head up that. So all of our worship services run through Pastor Tim. And then we get to James. And James, we've asked to lead engagement, which is everything that we think of when it comes to regular ministry at Crossroads, from uh, life groups or community groups to people connecting to children's to youth. All of that falls under engagement for all of our campuses under Pastor James. And then we have uh, the last piece of it, which is care. And care is headed by Pastor Chris. And care is really one of those just essential core ministries of the church that really springs into everything. And so whether you're in kids or youth or adult ministry, uh, the church is called to care for people well. And so uh, our care ministry is a part of that. And so that kind of makes up the big directional team. Mm -hmm. And then all of our staff filters under that. Yeah. I was talking with my friend uh, driving into the church the other day and just talking about this this structure shift and, and how unique it is uh, of what we're doing, that uh, it rather than having three different locations with, with a pastor who's good at some things and not good at other things, uh, really you're uh, 
building people up and equipping them and empowering them in the gifts that God has given them, and, and then saying, hey, you're not only doing this in one place, you're actually doing this in all of our locations. And I just think that that's such a, a brilliant move um, to uh, allow uh, our leaders to operate in their gifts and to always operate in their gifts and not feel like they, they get to do their gifts sometimes, and then other times they have to do things because it needs to get done uh, at a particular campus, right? And yeah. so uh, I just think that it, it's such a exciting move, uh, and to be uh, to to be able to move forward and say, hey, uh, it doesn't matter which location you go to. Um, when it comes to outreach and our forty living, you're talking to Pastor Trevor. He's your guy, um, and and there's just so much more consistency there as opposed to having three different campus pastors all trying to implement three different ideas and visions at three different places, um, which there's still going to be some adaptability, right? Because what's going to work in in Fort Lupton probably isn't going to work the same as it does in North Glen, but loving your neighbor works well no matter where it is because that really falls back on on the people who are living in that area, right? So if I'm living in Fort Lupton and we're doing a 4D initiative, it's going to be me talking to my neighbors uh, and, and neighboring well in that neighborhood, and it's that's on me as the the person doing the ministry, and 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 not really uh, the leader telling you how to do it. And so that that's kind of the flip of it too, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it, it really opens up this door to say, hey, we want it to work in your neighborhood. We want it to work in your cultural context. And uh, Trevor gets to give that big vision, the big dream of of what that's going to look like and give you practical ideas to make that happen. Um, But then it just, it gets to go. And to me, that just, it's very, very exciting. Yeah, really what we want to see at the end of the day or what we believe is that God has given us all gifts. He's given us talents and strengths. And so how do we leverage that for the kingdom? And so if we have someone like you who is insanely creative. Uh, how do we leverage that for the entire church? Almost to a fault. Almost to a fault. <laughs> yeah, but how do we how do we leverage those giftings and those strengths that God's given you for the entire church and and not just to pigeonhole you as a campus pastor where you get to use that sometime, right? And so really leveraging not just our staff but but all of our people, the giftings that God has given all of our people to really bring about what God wants to see on this earth, right? Which is people coming to know him. And so I'm incredibly grateful for that shift and that God revealed that shift for us. And it is unique in church world, particularly the way that we do church with with multiple buildings and all that kind of stuff. So much so that uh, you're talking to people when it comes to website and we're kind of bogged down because they don't know quite how to categorize yeah. us because our category is different than the way yeah. that they typically yeah. work. Yeah, it, it, it's been very interesting as we're... we're working through developing our new website and we're, we're working with a company to help us do that. Um, and, and so they're, they're kind of a consultant process as well. And it, yeah, we're just having these, these conversations with them and, and they'll say, well, this is how most churches do it. And we're like, yeah, but we don't want it to be that way. And, and it's, it's really thinking out of the box and, and kind of pioneering some ways. And, uh, to be honest, I think that can be kind of scary. And, and I think that, when people hear this vision, I think that a lot of feedback that I've heard is that it is kind of scary. It feels like we're abandoning our roots, maybe, mm. um, or we're abandoning the the structure that we know has worked for the last sixty years. And so, uh, maybe that's that's a good segue into this this next question that I have for you, which is specifically, does does this change who we are as we're changing all of these things? I mean, we're we're pushing digital like we've never pushed before, and uh, we we've changed our 
our structure, uh, as far as our staff goes. And, and there's just change everywhere and, and change in the world with just the season that we're in. And so does, does that mean that who we are fundamentally as Crossroads Church is now shifting as well? Yeah. I, the way that I would answer that is no. Uh, you know, who we are is who we are as a church and who God has called us to be. Now, it does change where we're going, but one of the things that we've really worked on is something that we call the pyramid. And uh, when you're building... A scheme this, of some kind. Yeah, a scheme. Yeah, pyramid scheme of some kind. <laughs> yes, good, good call. Is uh, this really this pyramid of, like, of, of building blocks of the church. And at the bottom of the pyramid, just kind of describing it for you, is really like the foundation. And it's the foundational things that make crossroads crossroads. And so those foundational things at the very bottom is our core beliefs. If someone is listening, is, there, is this on our website? Yeah, we can, yeah, we, yeah, it is on our website. Maybe we can link it in the podcast. Sure, we can link it in the podcast. So if, if you want, just check the link in the podcast, and you can click on it. And as Matt is kind of describing this, uh, this diagram, uh, you can follow along with them. So go ahead, Brett. Go yeah. ahead, Matt. So when it comes to kind of that bottom of the pyramid is core beliefs. And we have nine core beliefs. They're in our Constitution. Those things aren't changing without a vote of, of the congregation. And so... Uh, our core beliefs aren't changing in this. Kind of next level up is our mission. And every church has the same mission. It comes right out of Matthew chapter 28. It's the great commandment to go and to make disciples, baptizing, you know, and teaching all that God commanded. And so that's, that's every church's mission. Now, every church says that a little bit differently. At Crossroads, we say it by serving people toward and connecting people to Jesus. That's how we uh, say Matthew chapter twenty. Love 28. God, love people. Yeah, yeah. That's that's another that's way a common of churches. Yeah, yeah, use. And so for us, that mission doesn't change because it's biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, our beliefs don't change because it's biblical. And then the third level up from that is making disciples. And so uh, the way that we make disciples doesn't change. That we want to see people who are praying, people who who love Jesus. Uh, what does it look like to help people understand the scriptures? Like the whole idea of making disciples. And again, that doesn't change because it's biblical. And so who we are as a church fundamentally and what we believe isn't changing. So as the vision is changing, where we're going is changing, the ship stays the same. Yeah, exactly. And so the ship stays the same, but the direction that we're heading, and that would be what I would say the middle section is, is really the direction. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to our vision of, of being a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church focused on making disciples of the next generation, when I say that, that's, that's charting a new course for us. Because in large part, we're, we're not multi-ethnic right now. Mm-hmm. Like, for us to become multi-ethnic is going to take a lot of work, mm-hmm. which is what makes part of this dream so big. Mm-hmm. And so it's in charting a new direction. And out of that new direction, out of that new vision, is the goals that I mentioned, like reaching 1,500 people, that we believe that this is how we can accomplish the vision. And then on top of that, you have organizational strategies, which is what we just detailed in the, in the org chart, the organizational yes. chart. Yes, the org chart. Yeah, of outreach, innovation, weekend services, engagement, care. Like those are the strategies of which we're building to become that vision. And then after we have that course charted in terms of direction, then comes the action. And where I would say the foundation of a church never changes the direction of a church has to change every three to five years. We have to make sure that we're charting the right course, right? Um, But then when it comes to action, this changes regularly, um, sometimes daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, that action is changing. And so when it comes to ministry priorities, like children's ministry, uh, what is children's ministry within the role? Like how are we achieving the vision uh, within children's ministry. And as children's wrestles with that, they come up with that. And then it gets all the way to the top of the pyramid, which is personal action. Mm-hmm. So what's my specific role within the church? This is who I am as a part of the church. 
this is the direction we're setting, so what role do I have to play in that? And so when you put all of that together, uh, foundationally, crossroads is crossroads. Mm -hmm. That's not gonna change. Directionally, where we're heading, uh, that's changed very significantly. Mm -hmm. How that works out in each of our lives as we adopt that into our lives, that'll change regularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a really good, uh, I mean, at the, at the tip of that, that triangle is, is doing your part. And, and I think that that's, uh, at least for me, when I hear the vision and I start getting excited about where we're going, I think, man, what do I get to do? What, mm -hmm. What's my part to play? And, and, and my hope is that as, as people are listening to this as well and as, as we continue to, to, to share that vision with people, that they're going to get excited. And uh, maybe you can just talk a little bit to, man, here I am. I, I've been a part of Crossroads for a while, and, man, I really want to be involved. What, what are steps that I take? What do I do in order to help see this vision uh, go forward, and what, what are my action steps? Yeah, so I think the first thing in that is to realize, like, this isn't Matt's vision, right? This is, this is the vision for the church. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the very specific actionable step in this is really to stop thinking of the church as someplace that we go, and it's who we are. Mm -hmm. So as a church, what we're saying within this big dream is that we want to engage our neighbors well, right? We, we want to lead people to Jesus. We, we want to engage in, in discipleship. We want to lead other people in that journey of discipleship. And so my, my encouragement to anybody who's listening and wondering about that question of like, what's my, what's my role in this space? Like, how do I do this? It's really to be the church in the spaces that you're given. And so if you're working in an office somewhere, for you to view that office and your coworkers, let's say you work in an office of, of 20 people, that those are, those are 20 of your neighbors. Biblically speaking, those 20 people are your neighbors. And so what does it look like to start to embody a 4D lifestyle within your workplace that's going to make a difference in their lives? Mm -hmm. And to start seeing yourself as not just like, my role is to invite coworker A to the church building, mm -hmm. but rather I am the church and this workplace is my neighborhood. It's my mission field. It's my mission field, right, mm -hmm. that I'm going into. And part of my role within this vision of being the church is to lead people in conversation that ultimately helps them see who Jesus mm -hmm. is. Yeah. So I think it's something that's really important for everybody um, is, is understanding who God has made you to be, um, understanding what your gifts are, what your abilities are, um, and then really surrendering those things to Jesus and saying, God, how can you use these things to minister to the people that I, uh, I already have influence over? So it's not like taking steps to say, hey, I need to start a new ministry, mm -hmm. but it's actually looking around and saying, man, I actually have influence uh, on people, and how can I use that influence to help connect people to Jesus? Yeah. And then my, my assumption would be that as we do that, that's actually going to be a, a huge growth engine for us as a church because uh, once Jesus starts working through you, well, hey, now we want to help them get connected. When, once they say, man, you're right, Jesus is the way, what do I do? Well, then we, we get a, you get to help them get connected here at Crossroads. Um, it, it's kind of the hope. You know, yeah. we can get start. I know the, a big part of the vision is baptizing people, um, and we want to really start uh, seeing new people come to faith and, and being baptized, not, not people who, yeah. So you know what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think you're saying it perfectly. I, the way I couldn't say it better. We said it earlier, right, that part of this vision is to empower people. It's to flip the way that church has been typically done in the U.S. a bit on its head, right? Where 
in large ways, like the church is the staff and the staff is the one who carries the work. And the way that we're starting to rethink this is really through an Ephesians model of ministry where the leaders of the church are called on to empower the people of the church. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at a role like Trevor that he has in outreach, that Trevor's role isn't just simply to come up with a thousand outreach events to do in the year, that Trevor's real role in outreach is to go, how do I help empower uh, Jared and Christiana to be the church in their neighborhood, mm -hmm. to be the church in the coffee shop that Christiana works in. Mm -hmm. like, like his role isn't to go into the coffee shop and to bring outreach, right? Like that's Christiana's role in that is, is to step into that space and to go, how am I gonna be the church in this space so that I can lead people to Jesus? Mm -hmm. And so there's this really looking at the strengths and the giftings that we have as a church body and saying, how do we deploy that all over our city in such a way that, that Christ comes alive mm -hmm. and that when we gather in a celebratory way and a way to learn, uh, when we wanna partner in discipleship, that that's where the church, the organization comes along and goes, man, if, if you're walking with Jesus and you want to go deeper, here's a pathway that we have for you. Mm -hmm. And that's where the church comes along and partners, again, empowering people to take their steps of, of faith in terms of their own discipleship. And so um, if our vision was simply to grow and make a big church, it wouldn't be this vision. Mm -hmm. um, really, this vision is to empower the people who call Crossroads Church home to be the church in the spaces in which they are. And if we do this well, then we become a body, not just a building full of people, but a body that really does look like heaven, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I said, that, said that in a message before, that I, I truly believe that what God is doing in us now is not just for this lifetime, that God is actually building us for eternity, that the things that he is working out in me now, the gifts he's given me, the abilities that... Uh, in eternity that we're going to have a role to play in the body and that uh, he's helping us figure out what that looks like mm -hmm. in this lifetime. And, yes. and in the same time, he, he's doing his thing, right? He's, he's having his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and that's uh, bringing glory unto himself. And all of those things are simultaneously going on. And, and to me, that, that's just so exciting to think, man, God is investing in me to invest in others yeah. uh, and, and building me for eternity, which is just a, a cool thought to think of, that yeah. it's not just for a short lifetime, but it's, it's forever. Yeah, and I think that one of the things when it comes to, like, vision, and maybe this is just, like, who I am, but I, every time I've seen or many times that I've seen pastors cast vision for churches, like the three application steps are give money to this vision, mm -hmm. right, uh, teach this class, mm -hmm. get in this group. Mm -hmm. and, volunteer this way. <laughs> yeah, volunteer this way. And really, when it comes to this vision and the casting of this vision and the application of this vision, it's the question isn't like, what are the three things that I should be doing in this specific way? But it's really going, how do I live out this vision in my own life? Mm -hmm. What does it look like for me to be a good neighbor? What does mm -hmm. it look like for me to reach people who need Jesus? What does it look like for me to engage online in a way that I'm bringing life mm -hmm. into that yeah. weird space right now? What do I do with my own discipleship so that I'm growing in Jesus and, and engaging in the vision that way rather than going, like, here's the amount of money you can give. Here's the volunteer space that you can have. All of those, I think, are going to work out. You know, mm -hmm. we'll figure those out along the way. Um, we want to put people in their giftings so that they're serving the church and the body in ways that bring edification. Yeah. Um, but the starting point is really, how do I begin to be the church in the places that God's placed me yeah. right now? And not feeling like I have to ask the church permission to hold a Bible study. Yes, absolutely. Like, uh, that, that's something that's always kind of, as a pastor, has 
boggled my mind a little bit. Like, if you feel like God's leading you to lead a Bible study, you don't actually need my permission to do that. If God has put that on your heart, then just do it. I want to love you and support you in that. And if you have questions, like, Mm -hmm. I'm here for you, but you actually don't need my permission to be the church. And so I think that's that's the whole idea of this vision is, Mm -hmm. man, we are releasing you to be the church. You no longer have to ask for our permission to be what Jesus is calling you to be. Uh, Obviously, that's different with, like, building usage and things like that. Like, uh, there's, there's other processes you have to go in order to to share spaces, but as far as being the church, uh, man, you are released. Yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. And if we all go do that, then we leverage the strengths of the body, right? So where I might have the gift of evangelism and, and really being able to share my faith, Pastor Tim and Pastor James really have the gift of, of discipleship and bringing people alongside, right? And so if I'm someone uh, in the congregation and I'm able to lead my friend into into relationship with Jesus, then the bigger body of the church, right, Crossroads Church, and the processes that we have in place like discipleship paths is where that person can can step in, can plug in, and then be a part of this greater body, right? And and then the body grows and becomes more diverse and more beautiful and more reflective. And so, yeah, it's really not just a come to our building kind of vision. It's really a releasing of the church to be the church. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, well, thanks so much for listening uh, again to episode 11 today. Um, uh, Man, if you guys have more questions about the vision, please... uh, I'm going to shoot your email out there. It's public anyway, right? It is. That's right. Uh, Matt.Manning at crossroadsabc.com. If you have complaints, you can send those to chris.amdahl at crossroadsabc.com. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But no, in all seriousness, uh, man, we want to journey with you guys in this together. It's not like uh, we're, we're, we're not we want to be available. We want to be approachable. Uh, and we really want to want this to be a journey that we're, we're doing with you. Um, and so please uh, ask questions uh, and, and let us just move forward in this vision that God has given us together uh, as we see him continue to transform the world around us uh, for good. And so uh, remember, uh, you can catch us every weekend, crossroadsabc.live, uh, our services. Um, and we're on Instagram, Facebook, as always. If you have additional questions, you can write those into info at crossroadsabc.com. Catch you.